I'm Arlen Hamilton, and this is Your First Million. I'm a venture capitalist. I started my fund Backstage Capital from the ground up while I was on food stamps. I have now invested in more than 100 companies led by women, people of color, and LGBT founders. After having raised more than $10 million, people often ask me how I did it. I created this podcast so I could tell you my story and so that together we could go on a journey and speak with some of the most successful people in the world from all backgrounds and walks of life to learn how they got their first million. And who knows, maybe I'll reach my first million in personal capital while I'm recording this series. There's only one way to find out. Let's go. Welcome back to Your First Million. This is Arlen. This episode is an interview with Chris Gulabo, an author seven times over in the last 10 years alone, and the author of a few books you might recognize, especially if you've spent any time at an airport in the last 10 years. He has written the books Side Hustle, From Zero to Income in 27 Days, And the $100 Startup, which I believe is the most popular of the books he's written so far. And I've definitely seen it out and about. And his new book is called The Money Tree, which is his first fiction piece. The rest, the other six are nonfiction. He also traveled, has been to every country in the world, 193 countries in the world. So we go all into all of that in this interview it's a it's a concise interview. It's rapid fire, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I really enjoyed my time talking to Chris, and um, he's good people. I think. I want to thank Chase Jarvis and his team, especially Julie at CreativeLive.com for making the intro. They showed me a video clip of his uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I asked to be introduced because I liked his I liked his vibe. And I got to be on creativelive.com on their live TV, their new live TV offering that they have as they've really adapted to COVID-19 in a really spectacular way. It's a, it's a wonderful case study to look at. And I'm sure that I will be talking more about it in my online course because it itself is a group of online courses. I have taken, I'm a member. Um, this is not an ad. I am a member of creativelive.com. I've been a member probably for a year and a half, maybe. And I've been on Chase's show before. So I did a podcast and video episode with him. You can look up Chase Jarvis in Arlen and you'll find it. It's really cool. And then I just did just recently in 2020 and in, in May 2020, just did a live book talk and Q&A with Chase and people from all over the world checked it out. So check it out. I think it's on creativelive.com in the in a free section, I'm pretty sure, but we'll see. <laughs> um, and if you go and you you sign up for creativelive.com, just let them know that I sent you and they may be able to do some sort of discount. I'm not sure. I'm not an affiliate or anything, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answers to this, but I do want you to go check it out. My course, though, is how to raise capital for your company from scratch and it covers that and more. And uh, it's available at arlenwashere.teachableteachable.com. arlenwashere.teachable.com. You have a couple of options when you go there. And I'm going to give you a discount too, right here, because you're listening to your first million. 
you have an option. You can get the lifetime access to the course itself, which I add to every week and is already changing lives, already changing minds and and sort of getting people prepared for what they need to do, whether that's raising capital, generating revenue, thinking of a new idea, pivoting in the time like this. All of those things are covered and more. Today, that is $360. If you want one-on-one with me, which I have never done before, I've never offered this before, but if you want one-on-one, I do have an option there, so you can check that out. And if you use the code, this is the most you can have off. There will never be more than this off of any course, no matter what. You can quote me on that. If you use the code ARLAN360, A-R-L-A-N-360, you will get a ton off uh, of the course and of even the one-on-ones. It's it's kind of nuts at this point, but I have a very specific amount of bandwidth I have for this, and I know that when I when I reach it, I'll cut it off. And so that's what makes it really uh, worth it to me on my side. And for you all, I've seen the value that I'm getting. You can go to the to arlenwashere.teachable.com if you haven't joined yet, and you can see some of the testimonials. And I think they speak for themselves. But um, I really do. You know me. I, I, I care about reputation. And I care about you getting your value. So I'm never going to risk my reputation or, or give you less value than you deserve. And this is much more value than the money. So go for it. Also, if you don't want to do that, definitely check out my book. It's About Damn Time. If you go to itsaboutdamntime.com, the most I've seen people pay for it is $27. It's been on sale a lot of places because more people have been buying it. So that's how that works. And then you can get it as an audio version for like 12, 13, 15 bucks or an ebook for the same. So if you don't want to do the course, you can't do the course. It's just not in your budget right now. Check out the book. The book has a ton of the information that's from the course. So don't don't get it twisted. It's I put out 99% of my information for free. This podcast is a great example of that. My online presence, Arlen was here on Instagram and Twitter. I try to do the same. Backstagecapital.com slash together and it's about damn time.com. Lots and lots and lots of things to write down. But when I hear people say, well, why are you charging for a course or why are you sending us to this and that? I'm like, you know, 99% of what I do has either been for free or me spending money, me investing or or buying for other people. So I definitely uh, don't feel bad about having this revenue stream. And I don't think you should either. I don't want you to think any any less of yourself either. So uh that's that's lower value. In the book, it's about damn time. I talk a lot about knowing your value. And I think I'm going to, I think what's going to happen is in a few months or a couple of years or so, I'm just going to start hearing how people are just making money left and right because of that chapter about knowing your value. I also have already received a message from someone who took the course and said that her speaker fee has gone up and that she's been paid to speak for the first time after taking the course. So you know, it is what it is. You get what you put in. I am delighted to work on it and to share it with you. And and if you never, ever, ever spend a penny on anything that I do, I'm so grateful to have you here listening because, look, I want us all to win. Let's just put it out there. I want us all to win, to rise together. Yeah, let's do it. Rising tide lifts all boats. Let's go. Okay. In that vein, you got to listen to this episode. This interview is really, really good and really helpful. And it'll give you some hints as to what else, what other books to check out. Chris has some great books. After this interview, here's something I didn't tell Chris. After we did this interview, 
I went on Amazon and I bought all of his books, <laughs> all seven of his books. <laughs> uh, I'm a bit of a um, a book fan these days. The last year or so, I've just been obsessed with books. So it's not that odd for me to do. I have plenty of space to do it. But all seven of his books, I don't think I've ever done that. So that just tells you that how much I enjoyed this conversation and how much value I got out of it. So hopefully you will too. I'll leave you leave it at that. I uh, have heard from some of you that you enjoy me giving a little bit more of an intro than I have been in some cases. In some cases, I give too much of an intro. So that's why I want to say hi to you and, and give you a rundown of how I'm thinking and how things are going. The book is doing really, really well, and I'm so, so proud of it and so happy about it and so, so grateful to you all for picking it up. Tell a friend. That's the biggest thing. If you enjoyed the book, word of mouth promotion is the most important promotion there is. There is no greater and more effective promotion than you telling a friend who tells a friend. I could put up a million dollars worth of ads and it still wouldn't do the same as what word of mouth can do. And that's the truth. So just pass it on. Start a book club. Go, go, go. Do what you got to do. And uh, let's all rise together. All right. I'll see you on the other side, as always. My name is Chris Gillibeau. I am a writer, a traveler when travel is possible. So at the moment, I am a homebound writer. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I've always worked for myself. I was never good at working for other people, and so I had to find my own way and did that for a while. Uh, I was an aid worker for several years in West Africa, and then I came back to the States and started this project of going to every country in the world. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. I want yeah. to talk about that. So you're, you identify as an author. Yeah, sorry. First I mean to go and on. foremost. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, first I would say I'm an foremost. author. Yeah, I actually like to write books. Like books for me are not like a platform for something else or, mm-hmm. you know, like I actually really, really like to write books. So that's my medium. And what I saw, what I could count, so you have to correct me on the exact number of books. From 2010, have you written six, seven books? Uh, the one that just came out is the seventh, yeah. Seventh, yeah. Uh, and the, all of your books, because, first of all, this podcast, Your First mm-hmm. Million, and also some mm-hmm. students of mine will be seeing this, yeah. um, uh, seeing a different version of this conversation. Mm-hmm. All of your books are about some form of entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. and all of them are a form of hacking your way and really interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about, Sure. well, let's touch on this because I do have this as like just to pull people in to make them mm-hmm. understand how in the world do you go to 193 countries, which is the totality mm-hmm. of the countries in the yeah. world in a, in a lifetime, let alone a few years. Well, it took me 11 years. So, you know, it was, it wasn't super compressed. I mean, um, and it wasn't like 11 years full time. You know, I was also working and starting businesses and doing different stuff. Um, I, I just love to travel. That's how I started. And then I love to travel and I liked having a goal to combine with things. And I'm a big list maker. So I'm always like writing down, here's my list of things. And I wrote down my list of countries I've been to, you know, and I spent a lot of time working in West Africa and other parts of the world that a lot of folks don't get to. And I was like, okay, let's, let's turn this into a thing. And it was, none of it was public. It wasn't like a, this was my career move or anything. Probably about halfway through is when I started writing about it. Um, but I'd already been to like 70 or 80 countries at that point. And, and how, how, how long would you stay in each one? Was it the same or was it, did it vary wildly? It varied uh, quite a bit. Um, I mean, I, I lived in Liberia for a year. I lived in Sierra Leone for a year. I was in the Philippines for two years. 
some places for like a month or two, some for like a week or two. And there were some that would just be a few days, you know? So I, I always try to be clear, like, I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to be like an expert on every country or culture or anything like that. Uh, for me, it was like a personal odyssey, you know, what can yes. I learn about myself and how can I, you know, will I be able to do this, et cetera. I know my mom is going to be very interested in this because yeah. she set out on a goal uh, just a couple of years ago to go to every state in the country. Oh, that's fun. And she's been to almost 40 now. Okay. And I know she's going to f- complete it uh, nice. when she can get back on the road. But that yeah, was so great. important to her. So this is, you know, obviously this is a huge um, undertaking. What was your favorite country and then favorite takeaway <laughs> from it? Yeah. The, the entire mm. experience. I mean, I, I actually did a whole book about quests and people who choose to do things like this, like go mm-hmm. to every state or whatever. Um, That's the happiness of pursuit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah very good. Um, because I, I think that there's a lot of commonalities in it. And like, I like the the idea of like metrics and like stepping stones and milestones. And you can see like, it ultimately is about the journey, of course, you know, but, but I think actually having a destination is important. You know, people are always like, it's the process. It's not the, the goal or the arrival, but I think actually having that destination to work toward is is important for me. Um, country-wise, I don't know. I, I really love Australia. I try to go to Australia every year now. Um, I like South Africa a lot. I like some different parts of Europe that most people don't get to, like Lithuania, Latvia, and uh, I like Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong is probably my most frequently visited uh, mm-hmm. location, but of course, I haven't been there recently. Yeah. Was there any country that surprised you and that you had no idea about, but once you were there, you're like, wow, this is actually interesting and more people should see it. Yeah. I mean, probably a lot of those lesser known countries, um, like Lithuania I mentioned, but also like Laos and in Southeast Asia, I was like, oh, this is a great place. Everybody goes to Thailand, but nobody comes here. There's yeah. a lot of places like that. Uh, but you ask about like my takeaway. I think my number one takeaway was about just my own like confidence and belief. You know, I don't want to like to be careful how I say it, but like belief in myself, like belief that I can get through stuff, you know, or belief that if there's an obstacle, there's a way to overcome it. And I always want to be conscious of, of privilege and other things when I say that, but it just helped me to just feel like I actually have something that I can offer the world, you know, and, and, um, to be able to go through that was, was really good for me. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of your books, I, I, I think I've seen at the airport. <laughs> I was very, very much so looking forward to my book being at the airport because I yes, thought it would capture guess, the eye. Right. Uh, but one mm-hmm. of them I remember seeing was The $100 Startup. So let's talk about a couple of your books. So what would you say if someone is just getting to know you? Um, I'm having the, the privilege of getting to know you uh, over the last few weeks. What is that first go-to book? Is it is it your current one, The Money Tree, or is it yeah, something Yeah, I tend to else? talk more about the the new one that's just out, The Money Tree. Um, but, you know, I want to be helpful to people. Like, I, I try not to, like, I don't really have an agenda. It's like, what can I do that's helpful? You know, what, what's going on in your life right now? Okay, yeah. well, maybe this thing is helpful to you or this thing or whatever. But $100 yeah. Startup is probably the book that I'm most known for. That's the one that, that, you know, has been the most commercially successful. But, you know, now that you're writing books, I think you'll see, like, over time, it's like you have the one that's more commercially successful and then the one that you love a little bit more. More than the others yeah. and such. Uh, so the one that resonates because you have seven books in a ten-year span. On a daily basis, do you have people reaching out from various books and different things? They're getting to know you every day. That's a great question. The fun thing about it is they're coming from different countries because a lot of them have been translated in different languages and mm. such. Um, so it'd be cool for you to have, have that experience as well. 
I wish it was like, even I wish I could say like out of all the books, like they're all still selling, you know, and I'm still hearing from people all the time, but they, they tend to sell disproportionately. It's like some books do much better than others. And then like some end up being in a lot of different markets and then some don't translate as well or whatever. But hundred dollar startup was good because it did get into a lot of markets and uh, it did really well in Japan in particular. And Mm. so they made a, like a manga, like a comic, a version of it, which is so cool. I was like, I'm in a comic, you know? That was one of my highlights. Um, and then it got pirated in India also, which I was proud of. Although our publisher, which we share, our was publisher not was, not, was not happy about it. But I was like, this is pretty cool. I feel like I've made it, you know, like yeah. somebody's like, hey. copying my stuff. It's true. I will list uh-huh. all of your books. I'll link to all of your books. But just briefly, would you mind naming them? Just because the titles alone will tell everybody a lot about sure. you that we can skip of course, over. You know, yeah, the- no, thank, thank you for asking. Yeah. So uh, first book was called The Art of Nonconformity. And the second book was The $100 Startup. And then I did that book you mentioned, The Happiness of Pursuit. That was right around the time I finished the quest to go to every country in the world. Um, And then I did a book called Born for This, which is about how how to find the work you're meant to do, uh, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not. And then I wrote a book called Side Hustle. It also also did pretty well, like of, of the the books, and that was around the time I started my podcast, Side Hustle School, which I've been doing every day for for twelve hundred days now. And then I published like a case study book called One Hundred Side Hustles, which was like a collection, a photo collection mm-hmm. of a lot of these stories that I've been talking about. Um, and then the new book is uh, is the Money Tree, which is my first novel, and so I'm trying to teach through it still, but um, through the form of this fictional story that that I created. So the Money Tree is a is fiction. Yeah. I see. Okay. Can we talk just for a moment about the side hustle book, just for a moment? And just by the way, I want to break in just to thank Chase Jarvis and his yeah. team for for connecting us. Give a shout out to creativelive.com. Yeah, Chase is the Definitely. best. Yes. Um, so side hustle is going from zero to a company or side hustle in 27 hmm. days. Yeah. Idea to income. You know, so I'm not trying to promise that people are going to have like a six figure business or something in, in uh, you know, 27 days. But my focus has always been, let, let's get people started. Let's get them to make their first $500 or $1,000 or something. Because what I see like in an individual level is that that's very empowering. And like the first time somebody makes that amount of money or whatever it is, apart from their employer, they feel differently about themselves, you know, speaking about confidence and, and belief in yourself. They're like, wow, I made this. And like, people are giving me money online. And this, this is so cool. So I do think, you know, in 27 days, you, anybody can do that through a variety of, of means, through buying and reselling stuff, through starting a little service, little product business, one page website with a PayPal button. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to like nudge people towards because I feel like people get hung up on like, what's my big strategic plan? What's it mm-hmm. going to look like in five years, you know, et cetera. And a lot of people don't, you don't know that sometimes until you start doing stuff. Do you think that it's even more so, or at least at the same level of being applicable to today's climate? I do. I mean, I think like today's climate, this is such a weird time, right? Because so many things are different and like whenever it ends, quote unquote ends, like, you know, we're going to go back to a new normal. It's not like it's going to be the way things were before, et cetera. But th- at the same time, like there's still problems that need to be solved. There's still like needs that people have. And a lot of that stuff is the same. You know, a yeah. lot of like niche markets aren't going to change. Now there's new niche markets. So you have to adapt and such. But I mean, the basic principles of starting a small business are, are going to be kind of timeless. You know, that's that's a big thing I took away from like living in West Africa for a while and like going out in the village and stuff. And I've tried to like carry that with me is like we tend to think about entrepreneurship as like a Western model because that's what we see on, you know, Shark Tank or whatever. But throughout 
the history of the world in Asia, Africa, Latin America, et cetera, people have been like buying and selling stuff. They have no formal economy in lots of those countries. So that has nothing to do with the coronavirus or whatever the change in our employment structure is here. So I think it's these, these principles are going to be relevant for a long time. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Wanted to break in for a second and let you know about a brand new online academy that I have launched. It's called How to Raise Capital for Your Company from Scratch. I know I got your attention. (laughs) Well, just think about it. I have raised more than $10 million. I've earned a few million dollars. I've seen thousands and thousands of companies and their pitches and all of that. I've invested in more than 130 of those all in the last five years. So there's a lot of information I have that... Definitely share a lot of it for free. Definitely get it out there on a daily basis. So if you enjoy any of that content, if that has been helpful to you at all, you're going to like this. This is where I put it all together in the same place. It's been such an honor and a joy putting this course and this academy together for you. I want you to check it out. I want you to be able to get started on it right away. So we're going to take a little bit of a barrier down for you. I'm going to do it right here, right now. Here's the code to get a huge discount off of the regular price. Use code YOURFIRSTMILLION and you get a huge chunk taken out of that price. It's going to save you and earn you thousands of dollars if you read everything, watch everything, listen to everything. And... uh I know that value is going to be there for you. Before you even take the course, before you even sign up for it, before you put a dollar down, here's what I want you to do. Go to the website, go to itsaboutdamntime.com, click on Arlen's Academy, check out the, the curriculum and all the information for sure. But before you make your decision, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, click on the flow chart that I created for you. Yes, I created a flow chart. I know. <laughs> I really had a lot of fun doing it. It took me hours. Okay. Uh, cre- click on uh, click on the flow chart and check it out. See if it's right for you. And then once you make the decision to buy in, I've got the hookup for you. Your first million is the code. The flow chart will help you get there. And Yeah, the course itself, people are already taking it. People are already giving me crazy feedback. It's already helping people. Like people are already saving money because of the first part of the course. So let's do it. Let's go. I know a lot of the students in in my my course will appreciate the, the side hustle book. Make sure they pick that up. And before we get too into your new book, The Money Tree, which I want to definitely dive into this podcast, Your First Million, is your first million. So yeah. we talk about the first million dollars someone makes or the first million sales someone has. Where would you say your first million lies? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I've, I don't think I'm quite at a million copies sold with mm-hmm. all the books, but I'm pretty close. Like it's, pretty close. it's appro- approaching that. I'm like, ah, that's my first awesome. million is coming up. Not that's that so it's cool. about like the number, you know, but it's, it's fun. You know, it's good. Like I think about the, all the emails I've gotten, you know, from different parts of the world. 
um, and such, or maybe like the podcast also gets a lot of downloads. Like mm. I've been fortunate about that's really surprised me. Like, I don't know how you're finding podcasting, but I was really surprised because I am not an auditory learner myself. Mm. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but then like once I started mine, it's really surprised that like all these people that started following me, even though I'd been writing books for five years, a lot of people found me through that podcast. So that gets like a couple million downloads uh, a month. And I mean, I kind of hack it a little bit, use that word earlier because I'm posting an episode every day. So it's easy yeah. to get a lot of downloads when there's a lot of episodes, but still. I don't like know if that's I, necessarily true. I mean, you're, it's almost harder because you're, or at least it's different because mm, you are different. having to kind of spread that across. I mean, I've seen it both yeah. ways, depending on how many I put out in a given month, but yeah. Uh, so that's really cool. So you get a couple million uh, uh, downloads per month on your podcast on the podcast, are you repetitive about your book? So you make sure people know about your books or do you kind of... Yeah, stray? I mean, I, when I have a new book out, I tend to like push it a little bit and otherwise it's just like organic. It's like whenever there's some mention yeah. of, some, of something, yeah. I could probably do a better job. Like actually, somebody was asking me about this earlier. I was like, I don't think I do a great job with social media. I don't think I do a great job with with marketing. And it's funny because I write about marketing, you know, but I, I spend a lot of time just focused on creating the writing. Uh, of it. Yes, yeah. And creating, I want to write books. I want to produce stuff. And like, I don't have a big team. Like I have a few people that I am fortunate to work with, but I, I don't want to be a boss. Like I don't want to be a manager. Um, so I've, I've had to like accept what does that come with? Okay. That comes with, you know, certain advantages and certain disadvantages and you have to decide what's best for you. And like, for me, I've kind of figured out, well, I like to I like to create and I could do a better job with that, you know, promotion stuff. And I probably should, but I don't want to do that at the expense of, of creating. Like I want to keep writing the books, mm, you know? Mm. Yeah. It seems like that there's a, probably a, a couple things you could do with the podcast that would just turn sure. the lever a little or flip the lever a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, because in these times when people are coming to listen to you, mm -hmm. they're looking for that information and you have like, that's why I keep going back to your book titles and the themes of your books, because it's like, it's good enough for someone to have one of these types of uh, books. But I, I was looking at the list and I'm like, Oh, that's hit after hit after hit. And it's also going to follow people on their journey of being an entrepreneur, most of the people listening to this podcast or watching from the course are people who want to start companies or already in their companies and thinking about like, what do I do now? So the money tree, what made you think to make this fiction? Was it just like you wanted something yeah. a little different to shake things up? I mean, it's partly I wanted something different. Also, I had the idea to do it for years, but I never really pursued it. I was like, I'm not sure I can't, can write fiction. Like I read a lot of fiction but I just kept coming back to stories because I feel like people remember stories and they remember like, you know, the great summer movie of five years ago more than they remember like the business book that they read last month. And a lot of people don't read business books at all, right? Like the majority of people don't really read how-to books or business books, you know? So I was like, how can I help people with financial security? That's what I'm trying to do is teach people about financial security, self-reliance, creating an asset for yourself so that you're not dependent on that corporation or you know, that employer, whoever it is, but how can I do that in a way that's going to be a little bit more accessible so that people who are not going to pick up a book that's like step-by-step, step, you know, do this, do this, uh, would read. So, but even, even when I had that idea, I spent a long time working on it before I talked about it with mm. my publisher or anybody. It was like, can I actually do this? And I probably spent, um, more time and I wrote more drafts of this book than any other book I've done. Probably did seven drafts or something. And normally it's like three drafts. I'm good. You know, that's done. Mm. But this, I was like, I got to make sure I, I actually feel confident about this and feel like it's something that's helpful. 
uh, to people. So it's interesting to get feedback about it. So far, it's been out a few weeks and I'm getting notes from people and it's, it's not reaching as many people in the beginning as some of the other books have done, you know, hopefully in the long term it will, but we'll see. But the people that it's reaching, it has a more of an emotional connection. That to, makes sense. So, it makes a lot you know? of sense. Yes. So I'm hoping, hoping that that's going yes. to keep going. We'll see. And when did it uh, release officially? Oh, April 7th. Yeah. Great, so, great timing. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, oh, another part of it is because mm-hmm. you have seen what books do mm-hmm. in a normal climate, yeah. <laughs> so to yeah. speak. Right. How has this been different? And of course it is fiction. It is resonating in a different way, but have you noticed anything else? Cause it seems like you follow data and you follow trends. Have you noticed anything else about, is it more difficult to promote Another kind of side question to help that is, do you think that more virality of book sales comes from in-person, one-on-one signings, conversations than online? Yeah. I'm not sure about the virality of it because I don't think I've ever really had like a viral success. Mm -hmm. I've just like keep knocking stuff out, you know, and hopefully some of it works. And if it works well enough, that's great. I would love to have the viral success, but you can't really, you know, that's not your strategy. It can't be your strategy to be like, let me go viral. So I do think it's, it's, it's hard for sure, you know, because like I do a lot of in-person stuff and like, I was getting ready to do a 40 city tour, you know, like you were getting ready to do a big tour, right? I I thought, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know how that goes. Six months. Yeah. Six months. Well, it's even more than me. So, um, I mean, I had all that stuff booked and planned out and obviously had to make a change. And I've also tried to support bookstores a lot. Mm -hmm. So I always like with all my books, I'm like, support your local bookstore. Like, cause everybody goes to Amazon, you know. And so now bookstores are closed. And of course, they, like, they have online ordering systems, but the real value of the bookstore is like the in-person experience. So mm-hmm. it has been hard. But at the same time, I feel like I'm always talking to people about how you have to adapt and you have to like, you have to like adjust to the climate and, and you can't just keep doing the same thing all the time. And so I realized maybe for myself, I was doing the same thing over and over because it's what was familiar to me. It's like, oh, I have a book coming out. So therefore I need to go do this big tour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily the most effective thing to do. Like there are other things to do um, to reach you know more people and such. Um, and so it made me think, okay, if I can't go to bookstores, what can I do? And yeah. so it's helped me to kind of like regroup a little bit. Yeah. So probably like you, I've been, I've been speaking to different groups, you know, virtually and lots of Zooms and Absolutely. You know, just what. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to Women in Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Dan Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind. And her book is insanely well-written. Right when I picked it up, I didn't want to put it down. She teaches me and us how to become the asset, how to be our best selves, and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves, but creates an abundance of opportunity for others. I'm so proud to share her book with you, and I hope you'll pick it up. And I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turn. Get It's About Damn Time at itsaboutdamntime.com. My book is about entrepreneurship and and not just starting a company, but being the CEO of you and things like that. You have to kind of go back to the roots of what you're preaching yeah, in order right. to get the book out. And I loved it. I, I, I think it's, you know, I'll never know what it would have been, but I do like this and uh, it's a great challenge. 
So exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, and if you if you're not challenging yourself, it's what I've always tried to say. If you're not challenging yourself in some way, then what's the point, yeah. right? Like you know, progress comes through through challenge and through struggle and all that stuff. So let me ask you. Mm-hmm. You've probably met a lot of people who have started companies either after reading your books or before and to using your books as a tool or just observed. What is something you've noticed in a lot of successful people? And that success to me is not I have a billion dollar company and you see me all over TV. It's like you said, you have a, a business that keeps you afloat. What have you noticed are some habits or key things about those people? So a lot of the stories that I write about are a little quirky, you know, or kind of different in some ways. And like, I'm trying to find people who are doing stuff that nobody else has thought of. And so like, I had a story about, you know, this couple that started this business called rent a chicken. And they're like, you, if you wanted to bring a chicken into your home, but you weren't sure you wanted to make a lifelong commitment, you know, not your home, your backyard or whatever, you could rent this chicken. So they've actually built like this pretty significant business from it. And if you think about that, you're like, who would imagine, you know, this is a thing. And I just talked to this writer who's teaching writing and some of his students were struggling with metaphors and analogies. One of his students, she said, well, I'm a math person. I'm a science person. I don't really understand this. And so he's like, well, metaphor is just a formula. So he created these metaphor dice and he's like selling these dice and he's making like $5,000 a month, you know, as a teacher, like on the side doing this really significant. So um, lots of these quirky stories. And I think the thing that they have in common is like these people are curious And they're willing to like, they're curious about something. They're willing to investigate and say, you know, nobody's ever thought about doing this before, but maybe there's something to it. They're not too concerned with having their idea validated. I know like idea validation is very important in the startup world. Like if a lot of money is at stake and such, but a lot of the stories that, that I focus on, there's not really a way to like validate these things. The validation comes through trying them. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Okay. You do something different. So I think being curious and then also being willing to actually like follow up on that curiosity and take action because so many people have lots of ideas. You know, there's probably other people that have thought of these different ideas before, but they've never actually done anything about it. So to me, it's like that bias toward action is so, so critical. And a lot of people just get stuck researching, thinking about stuff and like having a dream, but don't actually follow the dream. And so taking imperfect action, I think is key. So that in, insatiable curiosity that I talk about in It's About Damn Time, followed up by your execution on that, which is is so, so true. So you've seen that even when it isn't a huge company, that's the secret sauce. So we'll say that over I and think over. so. I mean, I think it's a secret sauce to a lot of things in life, even like not to like sidetrack, but you think about improving your wellness or your relationships or anything. It's like you're, you're willing to like explore something. You're curious, you know, insatiable. It's a great word for, for that. Um, And then actually doing something about it. So just to kind of start wrapping up with everything, I want to make sure that the theme and the message of your new book, The Money Tree, I want to make sure that everyone knows exactly why you wrote it and what you hope people get out Mm. of it. Oh, yeah. That's that's such a great question. You ask such wonderful questions of authors. (laughs) Maybe I should do an author (laughs) series. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's so good. I mean, nobody ever has asked these things. Um, So for me, the reason I wrote the book, aside from like what we talked about earlier, is like, I want people to understand that there is something within themselves that can be adapted and applied in this new economy that if they've never thought of themselves as entrepreneurs or like, I know a lot of your, your community and audience does, but maybe they still doubt themselves in some way or they feel like they're an imposter or something. And like my message is that the real imposter is the part of you that's doubting Mm. yourself. And like the authentic part of you is like what's pushing you forward. And a theme that I keep exploring in the book is like, you can do more than you think. You think you can do this, but you can actually do more than it. And so my hope is always that people will read the book and 
not just think, oh, it's a cool, that's a good book. Like, it's a cool book. I like that book. Good job, Chris. Like, I want them to think like, oh, I read this book and now I'm, now I think differently about something or this challenged me in some way, or this like encouraged me or it gave me a practical tool, you know, and then it actually led to me making some kind of change. I mean, I think that is like your goal as an author. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to follow you and, and hear stories like, you know, over the months and years of people that are like, oh, I read it's about damn time. And I was like, it is about damn time. I mean, what it's, am I gonna, you know, it's only been you know? a few it's days, but people are, it's going to be so good. My readers are just they're. I can't even describe how awesome they are. They're already sending me things that they're working on and everything. So it's so cool. And you, you kind of, you've inspired me. Like I've wanted, I've had a little bit of a plan of how I, how, many books I want to write and like the strategy, but you really not only inspired me, but give me, given me a little bit of a confidence and I, I tend to have plenty of confidence. So you give me a little bit more of, good. of like the cadence of it and like what kind of career that can be created from that. I mean, I just think you have such a solid group of books and it's just like pr- these products oh, that are thank so you. I'm cool. so excited to see what happens with you. So yeah. let me know what I can do to support. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. And any, anything else, how can people, keep up with you? How do they reach your podcast, your websites? Where do they go? Sure. So the podcast is called Side Hustle School. They can listen to it wherever they listen to podcasts or just go to sidehustleschool.com. The new book is called The Money Tree. There's uh, moneytreebook.com or I'm Chris Gillibo on social or chrisgillibo.com. And what is the podcast? What is the format of the podcast just before we leave? The format of the podcast is 10 minutes a day, really short, no interviews. I'm just telling stories. So every Mm. single day I'm telling a different story of a real person out there who's not like a celebrity entrepreneur. It's just a real person who's found a way to make extra money, kind of like some of the stuff that I mentioned in the interview and like deconstructing how they got their idea and what, what did they do to make it happen and what was the outcome? What were the challenges and that kind of stuff? So I'm trying to like teach through storytelling without being super didactic. It's more just like, here's this person, look what they did. And if you don't connect with this person today, maybe there's somebody else tomorrow that, you know, you, you like that person, or you like that story. That's super cool. You can mm-hmm. probably, um, I'm just going to say this. You probably can uh, translate that to like a quibby thing one day, but another, yeah. another t- conversation for another time. That's awesome. I'm going to check it out. It sounds really cool. I really appreciate your time. And I'm, I know I'm going to send everybody to go check you out, check out all your books uh, and your podcasts and appreciate, appreciate what you're, you're doing. You're amazing, Arlen. Well, thank you. And congratulations again on your book. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen was here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N was here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenawa, executive producer Arlen Hamilton, associate producer Chacho Valadez. 